Six strikes and they're out. What's a really important message for all companies to realize. The province pulls Chohan freight forwarders license to operate. Plus, the potential solution to overpass crashes that's not being used in BC. A controversial fix for Surrey's overcrowded classrooms. Like we expected, uh, parents are not overly happy about this. How the school schedule is about to get more complicated. And more problems at a popular public pool. Half of the pool is sort of inoperable. What fell from the ceiling that's prompted safety precautions at the Vancouver Aquatic Centre? You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good afternoon and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. The most notorious trucking company in the province has had its operating license cancelled. Chohan Freight Forwarders has been under suspension since December following the sixth overpass hit linked to the company. But as Richard Zussman reports, the trucking firm is vowing to fight the decision. Chohan Freight Forwarders off the road. On Friday, Transportation Minister Rob Fleming announcing through a statement the company's operating permit has been cancelled. This is the most severe action that can be taken against a company with multiple infractions, the statement reads, and it sends a clear message to operators that infrastructure crashes around our province need to stop. I think it's a really important message for all companies to realize and to rededicate themselves to operating safely. The B.C. government has investigated the company for six separate bridge overpass strikes in just over two years. The province recently increased fines for these incidents, costing millions of dollars to fix and causing mass disruption for commuters and commercial vehicles. In a statement, Johan says, We fundamentally disagree with the action taken by the government of British Columbia. We will continue to take steps to challenge this action on behalf of our drivers and their families. The company has already launched legal action due to suspension back in December. My only hope is that on the way to court, they don't run into a bridge. The independent commercial vehicle and safety enforcement branch ultimately made this decision, making Chohan the first company to lose its license due to these overpass strikes. The decision to take legal action was the company's and was made back in December when they were originally suspended. They have long contended that the reason why this happened was due to one operator not following the company's procedures. Sometimes it is willful decisions. Sometimes it's a training issue. Uh, at other times it's a process issue. And sometimes it's a combination of all three. With the license gone, Shohan must stop all BC carriers from operating and park all vehicles immediately. But extra-provincial carriers, for example trucks the company runs in Alberta, can continue to operate here. This is contingent on the license being up to date in the home jurisdiction. And this is something that the minister should have been aware uh, when he rolled out some of these changes and penalties. And, and the fact is, is that we have a loophole big enough that you can drive a, a truck through, and that's unacceptable. Fleming is set to meet next week with the federal government and his other provincial counterparts, asking for a more regulated set of rules across the country. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Well, Johan Freight Forwarders isn't the only trucking company involved in overpass collisions in B.C. It's a problem that some say could be avoided with some investment in infrastructure. Travis Prasad joins us live in Richmond tonight. Travis, some other Canadian cities do actually have technology in place to prevent these kinds of strikes. Yeah, they do. There's technology called an overheight detection sensor. And right now, six of those are being used on overpasses in Calgary. It's really quite a simple concept that's proving to be quite effective. 
it might seem like just a matter of time before chaos strikes again. Overpass collisions and the traffic nightmare that follows now a familiar sight on BC highways, but our neighbours to the east say they don't have to be. Calgary has installed overheight detection sensors on low clearance overpasses. This video shows how it works. An overheight cargo truck approaches an overpass. It triggers the infrared sensors, which lights up a big digital sign, telling the driver the vehicle is too high. They're always behind. Gugan Singh speaks for independent container truck drivers. He says his group asked the BC government to install the sensors with no luck. Why the accidents are not happening in Alberta? Why accidents are not happening in in Washington, in the United States. So this is the reason. In a one-month span, the city of Calgary says its overheight detection systems were triggered over 920 times, an average of 16 times a day at the busiest crossing, and not a single overpass was hit. It's just not really practical because where do you put it? Some say the technology is not a good fit for BC, where designated truck routes are limited and truckers don't have many options for detours. Having that overheight detection really won't work well because we don't know where you're going. Are you continuing on Highway 17 or are you going on Highway 1? So uh, it works really well in some jurisdictions and it just doesn't here. So Transportation Minister Rob Fleming was not available for comment on camera today, but we have reached out to his ministry to see whether this technology is something that government here would consider bringing in as overpass collisions continue, Sophie, to be a problem here. All right, thanks for that, Travis Prasad, reporting live in Richmond. The Surrey School Board has voted to move some high schools to an extended day schedule and staggered hours to cope with overcrowding. Some students and teachers will start earlier, some will stay later. As Global's Janet Brown reports, teachers and parents aren't thrilled with the idea. Well, we had no choice, so yes, uh, but there are no other options. The Surrey School District has 360 portables right now to deal with overcrowding. And now it is considering another option, extending the school day. We're essentially going to um, add one extra block a day. So right now there's four blocks throughout the course of a day, and we'll add a fifth. So we may start eight-ish and may go till three-ish. He says five and possibly seven secondary schools out of Surrey's 21 will see their hours changed, and he knows the plan isn't sitting well right now with most. So far, like we expected, uh, parents are not overly happy about this. An extended school day comes with costs, according to the school district. $65,000 for additional staffing, such as librarians and campus supervision. $280,000 for additional busing costs. I think it's going to impact families, it's going to impact students' learning, their social aspects of the school, and uh, I'm really quite concerned. The government really needs to step up. They need to fund our schools. The president of the Surrey Teachers Association says she doesn't like the changed hours. I would rather put portables in and modules than extend the days, which is a disruption to all. We asked the Education Minister, Rachna Singh, what she thinks of the plan. Anytime any change comes, I know uh, it can be challenging. Uh, you have to adjust to the new changes. Last year, the Surrey School District told the province nine additional schools were needed and 16 school additions. The minister is suggesting more investment in Surrey is coming. 
there are a number of projects that are in works and uh, uh, they would be ready in the coming years. We should know within two weeks which schools will have extended days in September. Janet Brown, Global News. The trial of a woman charged in connection with a disturbing confrontation that was caught on video has been put over after closing arguments were made today. 71-year-old Sylvia Taylor is facing one count of causing a disturbance after this altercation in North Vancouver in August of 2022. It began with a dog allegedly being allowed to urinate on the front of a sushi restaurant. And according to the man who shot this video, it escalated into racial insults and Taylor spitting on him twice. Now, none of that was caught on video. And while Taylor admitted on the witness stand that her behavior that was on video was ignorant and cruel, she denies making racist comments or spitting. These are serious allegations. Absolutely they are. We say the majority of them were incorrect and either not observed properly or taken out of context. My client testified and she agreed she made some hurtful uh, remarks that were rude, uh, but not to the level that she was uh, alleged to have done. The judge is expected to make her decision in March. Well, with the recent increase in hate crimes in B.C., the provincial government is updating its policies on the offences. But as Rumina Dea reports, whether the changes make any difference in the courts is unclear. The changes to the hate crimes policy suggests Crown will be getting tougher on such offences. But will the changes lead to more prosecutions? Attorney General Nikki Sharma says the B.C. Prosecution Service has been working on the new policy for months, engaging with communities who experience hate. The changes come months after B.C.'s Human Rights Commissioner blasted the government for not doing enough to address the rise in hate-motivated incidents. Changes to the policy now include hate propaganda crimes, conversion therapy offences, mischief to property of an identifiable group, plus any criminal code offence motivated by bias, prejudice or hate. The criminal code obviously is a province we don't control, that's at the federal level, but the charge assessments that Crown Council do as independent actors when they're, they're deciding um, when to press charges and how to pursue charges, that is uh, within the jurisdiction of BC and the prosecution service and those need to get updated along with the criminal code. Nothing substantively new, it looks like this new Crown policy manual is just expanding on defining things that are already covered under the ambit of what are hate crimes. It certainly does send a message that this is something that they're taking seriously. Whether it has any substantive changes in what happens legally in a courtroom, that's hard to say. The Criminal Code of Canada already captures hate crimes involving race, religion and gender. So we'll have to see if the new changes to the provincial policy will actually result in more charges being laid. Romina Dea, Global News. A section of the aging Vancouver Aquatic Centre is closed to the public tonight after a chunk of concrete fell from the ceiling. Alyssa Tebow is live at the popular pool in the West End. Alyssa, what happened there? Well, Sophie, there is some maintenance happening on the exterior of the building at the moment. And because of that, some panels on the inside became loose this week and a piece of concrete fell from the ceiling into the toddler pool. Now, it was Tuesday night. There was no one in the pool at the moment and that pool has since reopened. But the main pool, the configuration has changed. So the so one side of the pool is closed and the lane orientation has flipped. Instead of going east to west, they're going north to south to avoid the area 
where maintenance is still happening. A statement from the City of Vancouver says styrofoam acoustic panels in the ceiling became loose and the piece of concrete which fell was about the size of a deck of playing cards. The city adds that repairs to the ceiling will be completed by this weekend, but this is not the first time the building has fallen apart. In 2022, part of the front wall of the Aquatic Centre collapsed. Now, the building is run by the Vancouver Park Board. In 2019, a report said it needed to be replaced altogether. Mayor Ken Sim has previously used its rundown state as part of the motivation for why the city should get rid of the park board and bring it under control of council. The park board chair, well, he says that maintenance is the city's responsibility and people that use this facility just want a building that works. Uh, but the city's role is about the capital. And so they've been slow on that and they've been slow on actually providing the, the capital maintenance, which is why the building is falling apart. It's a shame. The, the pool's great. I love it. I, I you know, hope it could last forever just because it's a staple of the city. But again, it's the only pool in town that can really accommodate a whole bunch of aquatic sports. And it's crumbling. So even now, you know, part of the pool is blocked off. Now, money has been allocated for an entirely new building, about $140 million, but that is still years away. We're told that the final design won't be decided on until 2026, and then construction will begin after that. Sophie? All right, thanks for that. Alyssa Tebow live at the Aquatic Centre in Vancouver. Residents in Duncan fed up with crime and street disorder in the city held a rally this afternoon, gathering outside the Good Neighbours thrift store. The rally was initially to be held at the courthouse. However, after a fire was started outside the thrift store last week, residents felt that would be the best spot to protest. The owner of the store says enough is enough. I'm right in the middle of a bee's hive of homeless people who break into my fence on a regular basis in the back, uh, cutting it, climbing over, uh, lighting fires. The criminals need to either be jailed or put into complex care, you know, and that's a very individual circumstance per person that we don't know, and those structures need to be recreated and built in place so that we can do that. We don't have those places, there isn't enough beds for help. Rankin adds the province needs to step up and deal with the current state of public safety in Duncan. New charges for the man convicted of groping a woman on the North Shore. Turn around. Turn around. What makes you think it's okay to smack me in the ass? The dramatic arrest of Jairus Paul Sacramento and what he's accused of this time. Next on the News Hour. Parent after parent after parent is coming forward looking for beds for their kids because of mental illness. The father of a murder victim fights to save a youth treatment center. That's coming up later on the News Hour. Plus. When Harry met Michael, stars on ice at the Vancouver Curling Club, still to come tonight. First, though, a man who was convicted of groping a woman on a North Vancouver trail in 2022 is in trouble with the law again. As Kristen Robinson reports, it appears he may also be seeking an ankle monitor to secure his release from custody. Jairus Paul Kovacha Sacramento arrested at gunpoint on Super Bowl Sunday near a Highway 1 on-ramp in Burnaby, according to a witness who says... We saw Sacramento's Mercedes Coupe take a quick left off Canada Way toward Kensington northbound 
and immediately after taking the turn, six to seven cruisers cut him off and surrounded his car. An officer jumped out, drew his firearm, and pointed it at Sacramento. The witness says he recognized the suspect from this global news footage of Sacramento driving away from court in the same ride last November. Turn around! Turn around! What makes you think it's okay to smack me in the ass? Burnaby RCMP alleged the 24-year-old fled a speed enforcement traffic stop and struck an officer with his car mirror. Sacramento is under house arrest on a conditional sentence order for sexually assaulting a woman on a North Vancouver trail two years ago. You want to say anything? But what? Sacramento has been charged with dangerous driving, assaulting a peace officer with a weapon, and fleeing police. He remains in custody ahead of a February 29th appearance for a technical suitability report, which is ordered by the court prior to imposing electronic supervision release conditions. It's a combination of a technological assessment, an assessment of uh, the consent of the others in the house, and looking at whether or not the accused has in the past complied with these orders. The BC government website states electronic supervision is most suitable for high-risk individuals who need intensive supervision due to a substantial concern they will commit a serious, violent, or sexually motivated offense. What makes you think it's okay to smack women in the ass? Sacramento is also due in Port Coquitlam Court February 26th on allegations he breached a release order in Maple Ridge last August. Kristen Robinson, Global News. The agency that handles 911 calls in British Columbia says a plan to improve service levels is leading to strong results. Ecom has struggled with a staffing shortage in recent years. That's led to lengthy response times, even for emergency lines, as well as burnout among staff. In November of 2022, the organization launched a five-year plan to stabilize operations. And now it says 2023 saw the best 911 service levels in five years, with 98% of calls across the province answered in fewer than five seconds. Coming up, a handheld device taking the heat for a surge in car theft. Now these things are an absolute menace to society. What is the Flipper Zero and why Ottawa wants to ban it? And later, so this is what 50 looks like. The Whitecaps unveil their anniversary jersey. Construction is underway on new affordable rental homes on Vancouver Island, specifically for members of the Songhees Nation. The six-story apartment building will have 66 units and include a mix of studio, one- and two-bedroom homes. Rent will be below market, costing no more than 30% of a resident's income. The federal government is providing $10 million in funding for the project on Songhees Nation land. These apartments are going to bring members home. That is everything. A home on your home territory. I spent a lot of time in First Nations, Inuit, Métis communities when I was Minister of Indigenous Services. No one knows the power of community, what community does for your sense of self and identity more than many Indigenous people do in this country. The last time new housing was built on our reserve was actually 2005, so we're nearing two decades uh, since we've had housing, and yet it's such a critical issue for our families, uh, for a very large number of individuals uh, and families uh, that are a part of our nation. The building is expected to be finished early next year.
An estimated 90,000 vehicles are stolen in Canada every year, costing insurance companies and taxpayers about $1 billion. As part of a wider effort to crack down on rising car theft, the federal government is moving to ban the illegal use of something called the Flipper Zero. And Gaviola reports. These things are an absolute menace to society. TikTok videos like this one by Bastion227, whose bio says he's an ex-criminal hacker and a futurist, make you think the Flipper Zero, a tech device to analyze and interact with wireless signals, is a dangerous hacking device. So dangerous that the federal government recently announced its intention to ban the pocket-sized gadget. In a tweet, Innovation Minister François-Philippe Champagne announced a plan to ban flipper devices last week as part of a crackdown on auto theft, which has escalated dramatically in Ontario and Quebec. But Flipper's COO tells Global News that it can't be used to hijack any car, specifically ones produced after the 1990s. He says the company has taken necessary precautions to ensure the device can't be used for nefarious purposes. The head of Open Media, a consumer and tech industry advocacy group, says a ban on Flipper Zero is wrong-headed policy that will handcuff cybersecurity innovation. This is going to be a, a huge hindrance for people to actually do the work of protecting people in Canada from cyber attacks. But it's not going to do much to protect people from actual attacks on cars. In a statement, the Federal Office of Innovation, Science and Economic Development Canada tells Global News it's planning measures to restrict the use of such devices to legitimate actors only. This former investigator says drivers should look at both high and low-tech solutions to protect their vehicles. The criminals, they don't want to be in your vehicle for very long, so anything that you can do to slow them down or make your vehicle less of a target is great. You can park in your garage or a well-lit area, find ways to lock your steering wheel and your vehicle's engine and control systems, research how to guard against relay and reprogramming attacks, and consider a Faraday box for your fob and tracker for your vehicle. Anne Gaviola, Global News, Toronto. Coming up, the father of a murder victim has a message for governments. Increase beds for young people. Open your ears and listen to what the people are saying. Why he's speaking out about the coming closure of a mental health facility. Plus... I just started having this melody come to me. A BC musician hopes her song hits the right note to help support the people of Lytton. A BC musician has released a new song and music video in support of the residents of Lytton, a community still trying to get back on its feet after being devastated by wildfires in 2021. As Kylie Stanton reports, a rebuild finally looks to be underway. Through the rubble, it's hard to recall what life was like here before the fire. Go! That changed everything. It was a beautiful, vibrant community. Those memories now morphing into music, telling the story of a community and its strength in the face of tragedy. I rode the rails back home, but the town ain't there no more. I just started having this melody come to me, and then these lyrics come to me. On June 30th, 2021, Becky Adams was living in Prince George when she learned her hometown was on fire. My daughter says to me, Mom, Lytton is burning and the experience of buildings going up so quickly and 
and trees exploding and people literally had to run for their lives. But the time that's followed has been slow and painful. With hundreds of properties destroyed, the first phase of recovery involved remediation and archaeological reports. Then utilities and services were installed. Finally, two and a half years later, five building permits have been issued. Then apparently another four or five are in the queue. It's like a huge weight off our shoulders to see things moving. But for those without insurance, it's still a waiting game, not knowing if or when they'll ever have the funds to rebuild. There are people reaching out still wanting to know how they can support, how they can help. And that's where Adams comes in. I'm really hoping that um, we can raise money for these town residents that need it. As part of the video, a GoFundMe campaign has been launched where proceeds of the funds will go directly to any individuals or families who need help rebuilding their homes. And while it's just getting started, Adams is confident. It's only a matter of time before her soul is made whole once again. I want everyone to know that this town is not going anywhere and it, and it's going to be rebuilt and it's going to be rebuilt even better than it was before. Patty Stanton, Global News. Well, concern is being raised about the pending closure of a facility for teens who are dealing with mental health and addiction. A grieving father says these types of treatment centers can save lives. Paul Johnson has the story. That was a picture that was done by uh, Douglas College. That's where Jesse pitched for two years. Walking us through the life of his son, Jesse. Gordon Penner says he's learned a lot since the night Jesse was murdered in 2006. On his own time, he followed closely the legal case of his son's killer, who was a 16-year-old boy at the time. For him, Penner seeks not vengeance, but empathy. Who was helping him? I started asking the questions and I got shut down pretty quick. Penner says Jesse's killer had multiple mental health problems. And as his behavior spiraled out of control, the health system failed to intervene. Now, he's shocked and worried after news that a facility for teens in North Van will be shutting down. Why would you cut that service? Why wouldn't you add services? The 10-bed Carlisle Youth Concurrent Disorder Center opened its doors at Lionsgate Hospital in 2017. Hailed as a first-of-its-kind facility in Western Canada, the center could accommodate teens aged 13 to 18 for up to three weeks as they got treatment for addiction and mental health disorders. In statements to the media, Vancouver Coastal Health says the Carlisle program is being ended because of medical staff shortages and will cease operations in March. They need to correct what's happening at the Carlisle and put more beds out there for young people. It's not rocket science. From following the legal saga of his son's killer, Penner says it's a story of there being no check on his escalating criminality despite many warnings. They failed him, and in return, they failed our family. In Port Coquitlam, Paul Johnson, Global News. Coming up, Prince Harry hits the ice. The last, the last few days have been, have been incredible. The Duke of Sussex drums up support for the Invictus Games, one year out from the big event. Plus, Wreck Beach gets worldwide recognition.
In a little less than a year, the first ever winter Invictus Games will be held in Vancouver and Whistler. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex have been visiting our province this week to drum up support and mark a special anniversary for the Games. Troy Charles reports. Michael Bublé brought his celebrity to an event already loaded with star power as the Duke and Duchess of Sussex wrapped up their visit for the Invictus Games training camp. Wheelchair curling is one of several new winter adaptive sports that are being added for the 2025 Games. Harry and Meghan were joined on the rink by veterans from the Canadian Armed Forces, their families and Invictus Games alumni. There is a reason that the Invictus Games has come back to Canada, um, because you guys have got snow. <laughs> well, hopefully there's a bit more snow for the Games next year. Prince Harry started the Invictus Games in 2014 after drawing on his own experiences serving in Afghanistan. The smiles on the faces that I've seen over the last few days, it proves why we do what we do. Marcy DeMonceau represented Canada at the 2022 Invictus Games and introduced Prince Harry. It was very stressful, um, not going to lie. DeMonceau has nearly 32 years of service with the Canadian Air Force and Navy. She suffers from PTSD caused by sexual trauma experienced while serving in the military. Preparing for the games and getting physically fit um, brought back the old Marcy and um, just gave me the power to know that it's not my fault and that um, I'm not alone. Every single one of you inspire me and you inspire us every single day. So please continue to be there to support each other. Today's event wraps up a whirlwind week for Harry and Meghan as they darted back and forth between Vancouver and Whistler, getting to know the athletes, events and venues that will star in next year's games. Troy Charles, Global News. <laughs> All right, let's bring in meteorologist Steve Angela. <laughs> Prince Harry said he, the Invictus Games are coming here because of the snow. snow. Mm, but he's talking about 2025, so maybe he knows something that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the farmer's almanac, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Let's hope so. But uh, it has been chilly enough, cold enough out there, but we're just looking for some precipitation to move in. Right now, it's still dry out there this evening, and as we get in towards our long weekend, we've got a bit of a blip in the forecast, and I'll have that coming up in just a moment. Four is what we're sitting at. We've got a northwesterly wind at six kilometres per hour. It's cooler. Many areas across the province, we can see that in towards the interior. Prince George at minus seven. Current temperature for Castlegar at minus one. The plan, though, for Metro Vancouver will We'll have a bit more cloud cover through the day for tomorrow, but it's not until late evening and overnight that we could see the chance of showers moving in through the day. Tomorrow we're looking at highs between 7 and 8 degrees. And here's the cloud cover that's going to roll in. Areas across the island could even see the chance for some showers, especially the northern and western regions. And the timing of that is as early as the afternoon, and then it'll start to increase as we get in towards the evening. So here's what we're anticipating. Saturday overnight in towards our Sunday. That looks to be the soggiest and wettest out of the long weekend. So on Sunday... By Monday, could taper off to just a chance for some showers, but get out and enjoy the day tomorrow underneath the mainly cloudy sky. Wanted to show the temperature trend in the coming days. We'll be back into the double digits, likely Tuesday, Wednesday. It'll take us back to that. The average for this time of the year sits at around 9 degrees. Still very chilly, though, for the interior. The early morning hours, minus 12 for Prince George by the afternoon, getting up to minus 4. Southern Ontario, though, very pleasant if you're traveling along the mountain passes with dry conditions. We've got some sunshine, areas extending in towards the 
Colombian Kootenai. It's the northern western regions of the island that will see more cloud cover. Chance of showers earlier. The lower mainland, we will see cloud cover for the day tomorrow. Chance of showers overnight. Sunday, we could see a soggy one and leading in towards our Monday so far, highs up to 7 degrees with on and off showers. Tonight's weather window, this one captured from the Cypress Mountain Lookout, captured by Jay. A fantastic shot. Sophie? That is beautiful. Thank you, Yvonne. Well, Wreck Beach is drawing some international attention. The website nudebeachmap.com has named the beach near UBC the best urban nude beach in the world. It says the beach feels like you've been shipwrecked and landed on a nude oasis. Other places that landed on the top 10 include Hanlon's Point in Toronto and Denny Blaine in Seattle. The rankings are decided with a mix of ratings from their own website, Google reviews, and map measurements. Map measurements? Or other measurements? I've never been. Have so. you never been to Wreck Beach? No, have you? A long, long, long time ago. Okay. When I was 18 years old. Should we just leave it at that? No, we didn't participate. We, we were weren't like there. the others. You we were went lost. down and we left. Yeah, we just wanted to see what was going on. And we saw <laughs> I'm sure what was did. going on. And All right, we well, left. what's going on in sports? Well, uh, everything is, of course, going great for the Vancouver Canucks, except for the power play. That part of their game is not as good. There's not much shooting on this power play. It's more looking for the, the one shot. Canucks are working on the power play today. They want less passing and more shooting. And then go after the rebounds. That's the plan. Also tonight. Nita. Vamos. Vamos. Squire Barnes. After sports has satellite debris for us. Really? Mm-hmm. That's incredible. My mom used to be able to type 120 words per minute. And the reason we're talking about typing is because I was typing during his sports last night. It didn't disturb really him. bother me, but I'm, I'm sure people did hear it and wondered. <laughs> well, it's allowed. What was I'm allowed. I type loud. Yeah. I'm aggressive. Does anybody actually type quietly? True. I guess. Depends. And in those old typewriters, clackety, clackety, clack, yeah. you could not type quietly in those at all. Okay. So the uh, Canucks beat Detroit last night, and now Vancouver's on pace for 119 points this season, which, if that happens to be what they finish with, would be a franchise high. 117, 210, 211 is the best ever. But uh, they will have to play the next little while without Dakota Joshua, and that is going to hurt because he's been great this year. He didn't play last night because of an upper body injury. He suffered that in a fight against the Blackhawks the other day. And today the Canucks were told by team doctors that Dakota Joshua's injury will keep him out week to week. You know, I, I don't know how many, like whether it's a week or two, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a week to week. So that's uh, unfortunate, but, uh, you know, he can use this. Um, possibly we'll get him skating and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, week to week. And no Joshua means Surrey's Arshdeep Baines has been called up from Abbotsford. It's well-deserved. He's been the best of the baby Canucks so far this season. In fact, he was the MVP of the recent American Hockey League All-Star game. To make room, the Canucks sent Jet Wu back to Abbotsford. We don't know if Arshdeep Baines will play tomorrow in the game against Winnipeg Jets, but it'll be great to see him play a home game in front of his family and friends. And as I said, he deserves it the way he's played so far this season. Okay, now for the uh, Stranger Things portion of this Canucks talk. Vancouver has not scored a power play goal in five straight games. Penalty killing has been great. They've stymied Detroit's power play last night. And 
The strange thing about this power outage is it hasn't turned out the lights on the Canucks offense. They still fill the net five on five better than anyone. But still today, the Canucks had a meeting about the power play and then the number one unit went out before practice to work on things themselves before the coaches even got on the ice. But the boss thinks the power play needs to be more straightforward. He actually has said this before. He wants less fancy. That would improve things. Like, there's not much shooting on this power play. It's more looking for the, the one shot. And if you do that, I mean, you look at Tampa. I mean, they, they shoot, and after they shoot, it's attack mode. And I think we did watch the video of Tampa Day, and, and I think it energized the guys. We got some good, that's a hell of a, I mean, it's been a good power play for the last five, six years. So you don't want to tinker too much. But you want, I'm a big power play guy when the pressure's on. You know, it's two, two, six minutes left. That's when you want to score. I don't really, you're up five to one. You get the two power, power play goals. Yeah, it helps the percentage. I want the percentage where under pressure. And I think that's what we got. It. We got we're looking for this, team, uh, this group to do. Tiger Woods woke up today not feeling very well. But he went and played the second round of the Genesis as best he could. But on the seventh hole... This is his tee shot, and then he decided, that's enough. I have to go to the washroom, and you don't need to see what has to happen there. So he left, of course. You can see here, head in his hands, not feeling good, so he is out of the tournament. He's actually had to withdraw, or withdraw, I should say, in three of the last six events he's been in. Mackenzie Hughes, Canada's Mackenzie Hughes, is actually tied for second at eight under par. Look at this shot by him. He's uh, five back of Patrick Cantlay, who has a lead at 13 under. All right, former Vancouver Whitecap and Canadian International Junior Hoylet has joined Aberdeen of the Scottish Premiership. He played only seven games for Vancouver last season, didn't make any impact, and that's why the Whitecaps didn't ask him to come back for this season, but he is now in Scotland. Okay, the Vancouver Whitecaps are getting ready, of course, to start their 50th season. That's the golden anniversary, correct? Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to tell you why that is. So, uh, if you're going to have a year-long party, you might as well get some new clothes so with that, the Whitecaps have introduced their 50th anniversary jersey. And there it is. I like it. It is good. It's got gold. And now, I don't know what is showing on your TVs at home, but this is blue, dark blue. But here's the key. This logo here was the original Whitecaps logo back in 1974 oh. when their colors were red and white. So there you go. Yeah, that's good. I love good. it. I really like it. I like it better cool. than the one they had years ago when they had that third and jersey that was brown. That yeah, no, this good is at good. all. Yeah, this but that's good. good. Something else was born in 1974 too, but we won't talk about that. Really, I wonder who that was. Um, okay, thank you, Squire. Stick around. He's I got will. satellite debris for us next. All right, Jordan Armstrong is in the newsroom with a look ahead to Global News at 11 tonight. Jordan. Sophie, tonight, the sorry state of Vancouver's pools. Earlier, we told you about the latest problems with the aquatic center, but the future of Kitsilano Pool is also a question mark. It has major leaks. And the main pool at Templeton is currently closed for unscheduled repairs. Burnaby's building a new pool. Surrey already has a couple. So how is Vancouver falling so far behind in keeping a basic amenity afloat? We'll look into that tonight. Sophie? That was some good writing, Jordan. It really wasn't. It's Friday. It all has to go. <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. <laughs> all right. Nice. Uh, it's Friday, so it's satellite debris time. Yes, and uh, since the Super Bowl was last Sunday, yes, it was. We uh, we still have some leftovers. We have Super Bowl leftovers. We showed some Super Bowl uh, commercials before the Super Bowl. 
Here's some that were on in the Super Bowl you may not have seen, starting with Dunkin' Donuts. Big stars in this one. Oh, yeah. Lots. I don't think you should do this. Last year, she came to my work. Now I got to show her what I can do. He's here. Ah, uh, flat on the track. What up, Bronx? For your consideration, here comes the Boston Massacre. The Dunk Kings. Touchdown, Tommy on them keys. Player coach. Got it. I'm open. And needs no introduction, my partner. Sometimes it's really hard to be your friend. You said you were going to support me. How do you like them donuts? I'm so sorry. You had to see it, but I forgive you. Lay us on the track. Are we going to be on the album? We talked about this. Let's go. You're blinded by them pinstripes. Wrap it up. Here goes Babe Ruth. Tom, you can stay. You remember when I told you I'd do anything for you? This is anything. Chill. They're naming a drink after us. I think they're selling those tracksuits. Tracksuits. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we gotta get some. <laughs> Not so sure about that. Uh, okay, so this one is for Doritos. Another kind of a buddy picture here. Doritos. Oh, I forgot something. One second. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Dina, Mita, vamos. series coming up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the last one, we have two from State Farm. The first one includes uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes okay. of the Kansas City Chiefs. And the second one is Arnold and Danny DeVito. Hey, Jake from State Farm. I want that personal price plan. So how's this for personal? I draw mustaches on players' faces when they're asleep. Coach Reed, you don't need to get that personal to get the State Farm personal price plan. It helps you create an affordable price just for you. Oh, Coach, it happened again. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. Call or click to get a quote today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thank you, Agent State Farm. Like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Cut. Hey, Arnold, I'm hearing neighbor. It's neighbor. That's what I said. Neighbor. 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 Hey, let's go again. Like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Cut. Now what? Neighbor. Yeah, neighbor. Just like it's written on a paper. Neighbor. That was the sheep. And you know it. Neighbor. Still no. Neighbor. 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 This lane is in labor. Hunt. Arnold, got a bit of a script change. You'll love this. 
Thank you, Agent State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You are a backstabber. I am a backstabber. Nice touch. Tying in twins. <laughs> They're such a weirdly good team. Yeah. I've always said, like, Danny DeVito has had an amazing career. Mm -hmm. Like, actor, movies, TVs, produced films through Jersey Films, and Arnold Schwarzenegger has also had an amazing yeah. career and life. Two incredible people. Yeah. All right, thank you, Squire. And a final word on the weather? Uh, we are going to see more cloud cover for tomorrow. Chance or greater chance for some rain looks to be on Sunday. Could taper off to just a few showers as we get in towards our Monday, and then breaks and warm into early next week. So happy family day, everyone. I'm away next week. Yay. But right. we're your family. You should be with us. Yeah, fair. I'll, I'll FaceTime you. Okay, thanks. <laughs>